The War on Man Part 5. Welcome to the Great Reset on Grand Fork's Best Source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition in the studio, as always, on the Great Reset, along with Paul, the producer. Our show today brought to you by Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. One of the good things about Rumor Sports Bar and Casino, I can see it from right here. I'm looking at it right now. Tell you what, you want to watch the Twins tonight? You want to watch any sporting event? You can do that because the place is covered with wall-to-wall TVs. Maybe you want to go play some bingo or bet on the horses or try your luck with any charitable gaming. And they've got great lunch and dinner specials, the $7 Express Lunch, and their weekly dinner specials from 5 to 11 tonight. Get boneless wings for just 8 bucks. What a great place with a great atmosphere. Rumor Sports Bar Casino in the Grand Cities Mall. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to call or text our number 701-213-0863, 701-213-0863. Now again, the show is not on Facebook or YouTube, but if you want to listen live, just go to GFBS or GFBestSource.com, GFBestSource.com. Click listen now, it's live. If you want to chat, just click the Twitch link in the upper left corner, and we're on Rumble now too, uh, posted on the GFBS Facebook page so you can still catch us on Rumble or by going to our website. Uh, Before we get going much further into the show, it is time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, My dog's got to be a genius, has to be a genius. I asked, what's two minus two? He said nothing. (laughs) That actually wasn't too bad. Brilliant. I I mean, he's brilliant. Um, All right. Uh, Before we get going here, uh, Joe Biden's approval rating. 19 points underwater is what they're calling it now. Uh, actually, Trump is edging out Joe 51 to 42 percent right now, which uh, I think is kind of cool. Uh, the House Republicans did announce the first Biden impeachment inquiry hearing uh, is hopefully going to be held this week. i uh, got a local story here. North Dakota League of Cities is on record now opposing the proposed initiated constitutional measure to eliminate property taxes. Uh, Of course, this was authored by former Republican Representative Rick Becker of Bismarck. It would replace the property tax with state funding. Now, League President Todd Phelan of Grand Forks says property taxes provide substantial funding for general fund budgets. General funds are generally public safety, you know, police and fire. Phelan says it's estimated that the state legislature would have to appropriate $1.2 billion to replace the property tax. Uh, That is a lot of money. Uh, Becker, by the way, needs uh, more than 31 signatures to get that measure on the ballot. How um, many signatures? Uh, 31,000. Yeah, more than, he needs more than 31,000 signatures. Um, and and uh, this story, very interesting, um, kind of comes out of uh, Fargo or via, via Devil's Lake. Um, North Dakota-based nonprofit is suing the NFL's Washington Commanders football team, its new owner, and its prominent Native American advocacy group. Federal lawsuit claims the team's refusal to change its nickname back to the Redskins is an attempt to eradicate North American history. So you get all these people complaining about being named the Redskins or the Indians or the Warriors or whatever, and now these people want the Redskins name brought back. They're the ready fighting, to sue. Or the fighting sue. Well, well, wouldn't that be nice? Central you know, Redskins? Uh, yeah, but I know. Mean, there's a ton of them. <laughs> you know, I said, that, I said that way back when they were discussing the whole sue uh, name with mm-hmm. the UND. That that this this couldn't be more racist uh, than, I mean, I can't imagine a better way of diminishing 
the importance of a group of people or a particular race. Absolutely. By um, saying, let's just, let's just, we're not even going to say them anymore. Right. We're not going to get rid, we're not going to, we're just going to not use that. Because, and it wasn't, the, it wasn't people from the Sioux Nation no. who were complaining in no. the first place. No, no, it wasn't. It was a bunch of wacko white people who had somebody that better wanted to, to have their, their face time. in the media actually, for a while. Well, actually, the, uh, from my understanding, the Native American tribes that were against it, I think were the Lakotans, but they were in like the, the southern part of North Dakota and like South Dakota. So they, they weren't even from here, but the, the, the tribes that are from here, like surrounding the area, they were all for the fighting Sioux Nation. Well, well and, now they were for it, but they didn't want to hold a special session for it. Right. Oh, we're too busy. We got stuff going on. Uh, that, that's not really important news to us right now. Well, then they changed the name to Fighting Hawks. Now they're all pissed. Well, well, why didn't you keep it the fighting suit? Why didn't you have a special session and vote on it? And so this could just be this could just be hearsay. But I remember reading or hearing that it was that the the chief proponent who was Native American or Aboriginal American is actually the more proper term uh, was uh, I think Cherokee mm. who who and they were traditionally enemies of mm-hmm. the uh, the Sioux Nation. So. When you have your enemies saying, "Yeah, it's not. Yeah, this is this is bad to say use their name." Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, did you guys <laughs> but, hear about? Um, I change the subject here quick so we can get on to you. But um, did you hear about uh, Minnesota's new director of uh, Minnesota's cannabis program? Uh, her name is Erin Dupree. She quit after one day. <laughs> Governor Walsh made her. It's like one hundred sixty grand her salary, but um, now she owns a cannabis company or whatever the the business is and um so right now from what i understand she's uh they're kind of investigating her because she might have been selling stuff that was a little (laughs) bit more potent than it was supposed to be and so he puts her in charge of the minnesota cannabis program and she decided after one day i better not be in charge of this so she quit and uh finally i have a quote if you believe in the science of masks but not the science of life beginning at conception then you do not believe in science. You believe in a political ideology. And that's all I have. Yeah, well, we've been saying that for three years. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. looked like you were really itching to say something when we was talking about Rick Becker's property tax thing. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> Paul, you were very perceptive because that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody was. <laughs> yeah, well, so so Todd Phelan said that oh, a lot of – what was this quote again? How many uh, – about the the – all the different uh, services that are funded by the well, important- it's it's uh, g- generally public safety, um, yes. police and fire. Well, it's always police and fire. Yeah. You know, no matter listen, no matter what tax you want to cut, it's always what do you want to get rid of? Yeah, police, right. fire, or education? Yeah, right. It's the same old canard every single time. Do you remember personal property tax? Mm-hmm. No personal property oh. tax. <clears throat> you know, I guarantee you don't, because they got rid of that back in nineteen before I was ever. Okay, I, I, I came to North Dakota in nineteen seventy-one. We used to have personal property tax in North Dakota, which means that the means that the the revenuer mm-hmm. would come into your house. Uh, let's see what we have here. We're just doing a little. Uh, oh, some nice silverware. Is that sterling or is that oh. silver plate? Oh, sterling. Okay, that's going to be about worth thousand bucks and then we got this uh jewelry i I need to see your uh, jewelry box ma'am i'm not making that up personal property tax meaning what individual items do you own that's not real property Mm -hmm. that's not real estate that's not land so your car your jewelry your your toys all all that stuff oh you got a you got a red wing and you've got it yeah right everything people would hide stuff sure 
they would find places to hide stuff when they knew that the tax assessor was coming. And when someone said, this is stupid, we, we already paid sales tax when we bought this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we're having to pay tax on it again. This is wrong. We got to get rid of personal property tax. And guess what they said? That funds police yeah. and fire and education. What, they send the sheriff of Nottingham over? Or what? <laughs> How many of these revenuers disappeared out I'm of the blue? <laughs> How do you fill that position? Okay, we want you to go into people's houses and tell them you owe a lot of money because you have nice stuff. So, let's, <laughs> so that's the reality. Mm-hmm. If you go back, I don't remember the year i don't remember the year that they that the legislature finally got rid of it but all the screaming and yelling and whining crying about what services do you want to do without is the same exact thing that they're saying about getting rid of property tax right and so uh so i uh, i'm sorry mr Phelan. uh <laughs> that's that's an old song and, you know, uh, and we don't need that rerun again. Here's the bottom line. <laughs> the, the number one, the primary goal of communism, of communism, mm-hmm. is no private property ownership. Period. That's yep. it. The yep. state owns all property. You cannot, as a citizen, own property. That's the core of communism. Nobody gets to own any property other than the state. And if you don't own property, you can never have true freedom. It is impossible to be truly free without property ownership. And if they do drop property tax in North Dakota, I might be moving back to North Dakota. Oh, yeah, you and about a million other people. I know. Right? So wouldn't that make up the slack? Oh, All these more other people than moving make, in? No, more than make up the slack. Sure. This study was done back uh, before, I think it was in 2012, uh, maybe 2010. I can't remember. I actually helped work on that program the first time. Mm that it was proposed. We had an initiated measure uh, back, I'll say 2012, because I, I can't remember. Um, by the way, I've had COVID now for the third time. Uh, and, and You're still kicking. I'm still kicking, but my memory is is lagging a little bit. But long-term <laughs> COVID effects. It's, I don't know. Oh. I, I mean, I, I but it's, that's not good. Speaking of COVID, I can't believe I forgot this part of it. Uh, new study, 77% of mothers that were vaccinated and boosted yeah. have the mRNA in their breast milk. Yeah. 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 77% yeah. of women. Uh, yeah. And that's artificial mRNA. Mm-hmm. That's artificial messenger RNA. And I've got a little article that I'm going to uh, reference a little bit later on about that as well. Uh, new new research, new studies that are being done that are, guess what? They're showing that everything that the that, that Midwest Public Health Coalition has been saying for the last three years, that we were we were wrong. <laughs> just kidding bunch of nut job uh, coops. No, we, everything that we said they're now proving mm-hmm. in the lab and in studies and in testing uh including well anyway i'll get to that in a minute so so back in back in t- 10 years ago give or take mm-hmm. there was an initiated measure to eliminate property tax in north dakota and uh i worked with the folks who were doing it, the with the, one of the key proponents of that um and drivers behind it was an attorney in Minot, and his name was uh, Bob uh, Hale. And Bob Hale is a brilliant attorney. And he, not only does he know law, but he also knows finances. And he researched where all the money from property tax goes, how much money is made in Mm -hmm. property tax, Mm -hmm. and the loss of buying power that people have when they're shelling out absorbent amounts of money for property taxes, 
right? Because you don't, if I take money from you, it doesn't matter if I'm a robber or if I'm the government, you have less buying power, don't you? Mm -hmm. So he was able to show mathematically that by restoring that buying power, by giving the money back to the people, that the tax revenue received by the state and by cities and counties actually remained the same or yeah, increased. Sure. It didn't go down. That's just money they're going to spend right back again. So, and it, and, it get, and the same dollar gets spent, what is it, uh, four, seven times, yeah. I think, sometimes before it leaves the community. So, uh, Mr. Phelan is just dead wrong. It, it, it's not going to hurt any of the service that we have. In fact, it, he, Bob Hale proved, and he wrote a book about it. I've got the book. I've got to pull it out. He proved that, that, you could eliminate property tax without raising any other taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because um, the name we've been mentioning was in the news a lot over the whole Fufong thing and everything. And you yeah. think, man, with all the people that already don't like you. <laughs> you think, <laughs> Stop you, saying you, stupid stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, my aunt and uncle live in Arkansas, and I can't remember how that works, but um, once you're a certain age, um, your, your uh, property taxes are capped, and it's a low number. And, it, and it's a good number. But, you know, why can't more, more states do that? Again, I, I mentioned this last week. You see somebody, they work their ass off their entire life, finally pay off their house, they retire, they're, now they're on a fixed income, probably living paycheck to paycheck, and they can come and take your house because you're behind on property taxes. I just, I, I, that just it bothers me a lot. John, there's a man in, um, boy, oh, boy, I'm sorry I didn't bring this. Uh, I, I thought about it earlier in the week, and then I forgot. Um, there's a man up in uh, one of the smaller towns in uh, west of here. Uh, that's easy for me to say because everything in North Dakota yeah. is west of yeah. here, right? Everything. Um, <laughs> except Fargo. Uh, and he, yeah, worked hard his whole life. He's got a daughter who has uh, some type of disability that prevents her from working a standard mm-hmm. you know, nine-to-five job. And uh, I think it's some recurring thing that happens. She can work. She works for him. But he, uh, years ago, bought a small hotel. It's like an eight-room hotel okay. up in the western part of the state. <clears throat> um, it did really well because there were people during the oil uh, sure. you know, drilling for oil and fracking and all that stuff. Those guys needed places to stay. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect for them. And so he had business. They, they loved, you know, he'd have the same guys going to the hotel over and over and over again because they loved the, the hotel and, and this was a way that he could provide for his daughter. Sure. Well, then COVID hit and a bunch of stuff got shut down and people stopped coming. And he said, you know, there aren't enough people driving through this little town to, to fill eight rooms every night. Mm-hmm. So their income dropped dramatically. And now he's looking at, he's $30,000 behind after Ooh. three years, $10,000 a year in property, property taxes, taxes. for an eight room hotel. Can you imagine that? God. I mean, this is, a, this is obscene. And now he's looking at, so he, he received the notice. I wish I could remember the name of the, the name of the town because the county is now saying we're going to foreclose, uh, by uh, the end of September, by October first, you're losing. We're going to take it and we're going to put up for auction for sale of, for for recovery of back property taxes. They won't. He said, "Can I look? Can, I'll I'll pay it, but I I don't have it right now. Mm-hmm. Can we set up a payment plan?" So I, sure. Nope. You cannot make payments. You pay the thirty thousand, or we're taking it. Wow. That's it. Don't- That's the kind of thing that that. And the only reason we know about that 
is because Rick Becker is pushing to eliminate mm-hmm. property tax. Sure. And he found out about this guy and went down and, and interviewed him. I've read stories of, of vets, veterans. Yeah, that's Disabled really veterans mm-hmm. who lose their home because the property tax goes up, their, increase, their income doesn't go up, right? They're on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. They can't even, they can't work, even if they want it. They served our country. They suffered for it. They're injured. And now we're going to take their home. Because they can't afford the property taxes. It it is so obscene what's happening to people around, not just North Dakota, but it's around the country. I'm not in favor of lowering property taxes. I am in favor of completely eliminating property taxes. Uh, Kit was talking about, uh, try to get this correct, but so it was kind of a similar story, but there was a girl that was, she's kind of disabled, and she was living with uh, her mom or her grandma, and... They passed away, and, you know, so they left her the house and everything. Right. Well, because she was disabled, she didn't know how to pay the property taxes and all that oh, kind of stuff. Yeah. And so she would, it was her neighbor that had to, like, bring this to everybody's attention because they were going to take her house yeah. because she owed, like, $3,000 in property yeah. taxes, and she didn't, she, didn't she didn't know what to do. She right. didn't know how to communicate. Right. You know, yeah. what I can't figure out is, um, from what I understand, uh, the United States has drilled more oil this year than they probably ever have. Gas prices are still through the frickin' roof, even though we're drilling more oil than ever. But didn't North Dakota have a whole bunch of oil money? <laughs> I mean, didn't we? I mean, had all this oil money. We're about the wealthiest state. I think we're probably the wealthiest state in the country. But according to, uh, what's his name here? Um, boy, we won't have any police or fire department or, or what? I mean, okay, Noah, he didn't exactly say that. But, but he you know, that's going to hurt the funding. He implied you know? it. Right, right. Right. Well, yeah, the boys in blue and the firefighters, they're going to have to. And I'm all about them being to, fully funded. They're going to have to cinch me. up their belts because we're not going to be able to pay them. Yeah. Maybe they won't get any uh, vacation time. Or maybe, but uh, oh, come on. That, uh, look, we're grownups. We don't fall for that stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, um, speaking of police and firefighters, uh, again, I'm going to change the subject here for a minute. But I went to my very first, uh, a friend of mine, good friend of mine passed away. He was a fireman. Uh, he was a captain in the fire department. I've never been to a fireman's funeral. You talk oh, about yo. you talk about um, something yeah. that'll move you, oh, yeah. especially when the bagpipes come out and they oh, yeah. start playing "Amazing Grace." Boy. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. And it was like it was perfect because during the sermon, during the funeral, he started talking about the the preacher started talking about loud music and noise, and then the thunder started outside. I mean, it was like it was meant to be. It was it was pretty cool. But again, I'm sorry about getting well, off topic. But um, yeah. So so we need to eliminate property tax because if you don't own, if you if you supposedly own property, <clears throat> thank you very much, Jeannie. Uh, it's Francis Tibor from Hebron, North Dakota. Okay. That's what I don't know how I could have forget Hebron, North Dakota. Uh, yeah, he actually, you might remember uh, the Tibor, I think it was the Tibor Brothers. They had a music group, a, uh, like a band, oh. years and years ago. And uh, he traveled around and like sang and played keyboard. I think, he played, <laughs> I think he played keyboard. I think that oh. Francis was a keyboard player. My wife liked my joke, by the way. Uh, that's good. <laughs> uh, but no, that, the, the idea of the government coming in and confiscating property of Americans who are good citizens who've paid their taxes mm-hmm. their whole lives, contributed to society, and then they and then in their in their latter years, they lose what rightfully belongs to them because the government says no, 
Yeah, we're taking and, it. And then the government that, goes, turns around and sells it for dirt For cheap. dirt cheap, yep. You know, yep. It, it makes yep. no sense. To somebody who already has yeah, a lot Everything. of money. Yeah. Uh, here's the bottom line. If, if you can say to someone, pay me the rent or I'm taking it from you, it means it was never yours. Well, you're renting it. So you're... Harley, your Goldwing, mm-hmm. your whatever you've got, your F one fifty. If the bank says, "Hey, you you missed three payments in a row," we're taking it. You go, "Oh, okay. Why? Because you were making payments on it, but you didn't mm-hmm. own it yet." Mm-hmm. But when you buy one of those things and you finance it through the bank, once you've made your last payment, they give you the title. Right yep. now, yep. it's yours. Yep. You don't make payments to the bank anymore. Nope. Right. It's yours. They can't take it from you. The only reason that they could ever take it from you is because it wasn't really technically yours in the first place. Mm -hmm. Nobody owns land in North Dakota except the state and the county. It's all owned by the state and the county. It's all owned by the North Dakota government. It's all, all property is owned by the North Dakota government. All of it. Every last square inch is owned by the government of North Dakota. And the proof of that is, if you stop paying them rent, they will take it from you. Yeah. And they'll give it to another renter. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of property ownership is really kind of a, it's an illusion. It's, it's not real. We have to change that. <clears throat> Incidentally, I want you to just think for a moment, just a little conjecture here. Imagine, okay, l- l- let me back up. <clears throat> What's one of the primary ways that cities and counties attract business to come to their area who are going to hire a bunch of people? Tax incentives. Tax incentives. Tax what, breaks. What does that look like? Yeah, so how does that work? Yeah, you, you come here, you build your business here and bring in however many people you want to work here. We'll cut you a deal on your taxes for yeah. three, five, ten, ten years, years, whatever, just to get you up and going. Yeah. And, 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 and the best tax break is you won't have to pay any yeah. property taxes for ten years, yeah. right? They, wait, do they, give them a, do they give them a break on sales tax? Uh, no. No? Do they give them a break on uh, utility tax? No. Do they give them a break on highway and road tax? It's property. Do they give them a break on gas tax? Do they give them a break on hotel and motel tax? Mm-mm. No, they don't give them a break on any of those things. It's always property tax. Yeah. It's always property tax. And then the company says, yeah, you know, well, five years, no property tax. Okay, we'll do that. Now, imagine if a state like North Dakota gave everybody a perpetual break on property tax. No property tax at all, ever. Mm -hmm. Now, you're a company looking to locate your manufacturing facility somewhere and hire a bunch of the locals there, 50, 100, 200, 500 people that you're going to hire. Do you think North Dakota might suddenly look pretty good to you? Oh, of course it would. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Who wouldn't want that? I mean... What about, you know, having property tax for businesses and factories and that kind of stuff, but anything that's considered a home or a household, no property tax on that? Like like more of like a commercial property tax. I'm against all property tax because, A, it's unnecessary, and, two, it's regressive. And nobody – look, business is the – business, especially small business, that provides the wheels of – 
of our economy. I mean, that's the foundation. I suppose of they that. could take a farm then, because they, uh, they could they could well, classify that as businesses. Yeah. yeah, businesses. They they spend all kinds of money. They they generate income and revenue in in, in an area. Sure. They 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 put they people pay, to work. They put people to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to tax those guys? Yeah. Why not make it easier for them to pay their? Because guess what. Every, and I'm not saying that all businesses are altruistic. I, what if no businesses were altruistic? <clears throat> yeah, and, and the, here's the thing: if you're a company and I'm a company, you've got your company, I've got my company, and we're both trying to attract the same kind of workers, right? And he's one of the workers that we want. I want him. You want him. We both make good money doing what we do. How are you going to attract him so he doesn't come work for me? What are you going to do? Offer him more money. Smile at him. Yeah. You're going to you're going to show him your fancy car. You know, you're going to offer him more money. Of course mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Or or some other type of incentive that's going to cost you money to provide for him. Yep. I'm going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and whoever ends up offering him the best package, that's what he's going to go with. The more money you have, John, to work with, to offer to him, the more likely it is that he's going to come and work for you or vice versa with me. The more you have to pay in taxes, the less you have to offer to this star employee. Yep. And, and That's just basic math. That's basic yeah. economics. And, and when you come in and we offer you no taxes for 10 years, say you've got a, um, a business that's on three, four, five acres, whatever it is. Right. It's a lot of money right there. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of property tax uh, that they don't have to pay, which just means that gives them free money to pay their employees, which just gives them a better off start from the very get-go. Exactly. Right. But, right. but, if, it's, but if it's not 10 years, if it's forever... Mm-hmm. Because the company now owns the property. That's a win-win. Right. It's sure. a win for the company. Yep. It's a win for the employees. It's a win for the state because the, the money that that business is generating or the money that those people are saving is going to get spent multiple times generating sales tax every time and keeping people employed. It, it, the, the fundamentals are so easy to understand, and yet people like Mr. Phelan don't understand it. Sorry, Todd. Uh, don't understand them. And so they say, well, we're going to have to lose some... Uh, I, I, and that kind of thinking, unfortunately, does affect certain voters. So they think, well, yeah, we can't vote to eliminate property tax because then we'll, we'll, we'll have to close our schools or we won't be able to pay for this. Or won't be able to. No, that's, that's, that's a lie. That is simply not true. And Bob Hale wrote the book, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's a well-written book. All the property tax revenue will be replaced with other tax revenue that's already in place, and it will increase once property taxes are eliminated. That's just the, that's the bottom line. That's how it works. Do you know why it didn't pass? It was called Measure 2 10 years ago. You know why it didn't pass? Mm-mm. It was an initiative. It didn't pass because people didn't understand that, because the messaging against it was so strong that people were confused and they, they panicked. And so they voted against it. So they voted to keep paying the property tax, which is regressive. It's unfair. It hurts the people that we should be concerned about the most, the elderly, the underprivileged, the disadvantaged, the uh, whatever the, mm-hmm. who causes them to be in a position where they can't do it. I had a, a woman say to me once, well, if a person doesn't, if a person doesn't uh, save up enough, you know, for their latter years, 
what, they deserve to lose their house? Yeah. Uh, what if they have some kind of catastrophic illness that's mm-hmm. not covered by their insurance? What sure. if they have some other kind of big problem that costs them a lot of money that nobody can foresee? Because guess what? That happens to people all the time. Now we're going to punish them because they already had some very bad event happen in their lives that, that drained their resources, and now we're going to take your house. Oh, and it happens all the time. I mean, you sit there and you put away $50 a month, you know, and so finally after, right. I'm, I'm doing the math on it, but let's say after a year, you're like, all right, you know, I got that $900 so I can go get that new toy that I wanted or, you know, pay off my motorcycle or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like, right. yeah, I got that $900. Oh, cool. My exhaust manifold went out on my pickup. Yeah, right. There exactly. goes that money. My yeah. washing machine went. My, my washing, washing machine broke. Yeah. I mean, two out of three of us today, their washing machines raise, broke. Raise your hand if your washing machine has gone down in the last week and a half. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Not me. Oh, me and Paul. Man, well, well, John, you're next. Yeah, uh, you know. Just so you know. Yeah. Um, we're going to take just a short little break here, gentlemen. All right, just a short little break. You know, there is nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Uh, you know what? We go to Old for Heaven's Cakes for the good homemade baked goods. You're going to find the best cakes, the best cupcakes for any special occasion, or maybe just a treat to walk in to find out more. Tell you what, I'm warning you, you're not going to want to leave the place. Old for Heaven's Cakes, they're on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open uh, Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. You can call them up, 701-757-CAKE, or go to oldforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Good stuff. Hey, be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. All for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Ah, War on Men Part 5. It is the Great Reset. Something was just handed to me. All right, this is from a viewer. Uh, North Dakota has a homeowner's assistance fund for homeowners affected by COVID. It is one of the most slept-on grants currently. There are three total. One even covers repairs to the homes. Two of these grants cover property taxes, utilities, and mortgages, past due and current hmm. well that's good to know but you know what i i don't know why uh mr tibor uh wasn't able to i'm guessing it's because he invested all this money in a hotel sure all right so it wasn't his home it, it was his business that that he bought specifically because look he's he's an older gentleman i don't mm-hmm. remember how old i think he's in his 80s now uh i, I don't remember for sure but he wanted to his goal in in taking everything that he had and buying that hotel, his goal was to provide for his daughter who couldn't yeah. work a regular job because she could run the hotel. That was right. the, that was the deal. She could run the hotel and and receive income from that. So it was like he his thinking was once I'm gone, he's eighty. She's got something. Once I'm gone, she's going to be provided yep. for. Yep. And that and now it's going to be taken away. By the way. Uh, Mr. Dr. Becker, Rick Becker, set up a, I think it's a GoFundMe uh, page for her. Oh. So he's trying to help her raise the 30000 that he needs, which he needs by the, by, by, he needs to pay that by, uh, Probably by end the of end month. of September. Yeah. Yeah. End of September. Got he's a got a few days pay. left. And right. So if, if somebody who happens to be listening live to the show, let's, uh, let's see the North Dakota nice. Find that information. Yeah. Yeah. About that, uh, the, what it's called, the GoFundMe. I don't know if it's, uh, um, Tibor, GoFundMe, Tibor in Hebrew, and I don't remember how it's how it's uh, written up. But no, that's that's no, that's that's how old he is. He's eighty years old. Yeah, but um, then we can come on. You know, if you can kick in twenty, thirty, fifty bucks, ten bucks, that thing will help. Everything will help. 
He needs that money. He, we can save his hotel. We can do a good thing for an 80-year-old man in Hebron, North Dakota, and his disabled daughter. Yeah. You know, and not to take that lightly, but we could start a GoFundMe for our washing machines. We, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, with our luck, why couldn't your like dryer gone out yeah. and my watch? And then that way we could have just swapped. Exactly. And, right. And we would have both like been okay, but That's no, right. no, it was both. I could bring both my. Of us yeah, wash it. that's it. Then you would find out what each oh, other wears or don't wear. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, help Mr. Keyboard keep his business from being taken. Uh, Dean found that for us. He's going to put it up in the in the chat so people can can do that. Yeah, it is GoFundMe. How much Man, does he? Just can, I'm just curious. How much have they raised so far? Nine thousand nine seven hundred seventy. Oh, he's well. They got a ways to go. Thirty-five thousand. Oh, 35, he needs 35,000. Wow. Oh, there it is. Yep. Go find me. Jeannie beat you to it. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, we need that. The, he needs that money now. And we can, we can protect people like Mr. Tibor moving forward, you know, for the rest of, right. uh, the, rest of the existence of North Dakota. The, the, here's the thing that's really great about our initiated measure process, <clears throat> because this is an initiated measure that... Um, that Rick Becker is trying to get through. And if it goes on the ballot, if we get the signatures, and I, I, I think that we will. I actually helped get signatures the last time we did this 10 years ago. Um, and if we can get the signatures and it goes on the ballot, and if it passes, uh, not, only will that, not only will that secure people's property in North Dakota for the first time, uh, for the first time ever, but other states will follow suit. I guarantee that. Mm -hmm. We'll be the first, and then we'll, hey, imagine that, the rest of the United States following North Dakota, which they should have been doing all along sure. with a lot of stuff, but <laughs> uh, but that would, be a great, that would be a great thing, and we will reap the primary economic benefit from having new businesses come to North Dakota, because we did it first. Yeah. Um, I, okay, let's move on a little bit here. Um, I know we were going to talk a little bit about COVID, I think. Um, it, it, it's what? Uh, they got sick of not hearing about it anymore, so now we're getting ready for another round. Is that kind of what you think we're, we're <laughs> heading towards here? Well, I mean, there are a couple of things that are going on. One is that COVID is still out there. So, mm. By the way, I noticed you didn't have masks when I came in. Why don't Why don't you give free masks? To no, and we didn't have anything to goop all over your hands either. But because they're either. They, they only work on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, you, you can't you can't make this stuff up. But somebody's making it up. Yeah, somebody is. I, you know, I, it was so funny to uh, like it was Russell Brand, um, which by the way, uh, I hope he gets through everything that he's going yeah. through because that sucks. Yeah. And the way that the government is trying to shut him down is even more ridiculous. But, I mean, he talked about, you know, Fauci saying that, you know, well, they have these studies showing that the masks don't work, whatever. But then Fauci says, but on an individual, individual there are studies there. that say on an individual basis they work. And so he says, well, then why mandate it? Why can't people make an individual, an individual decision? decision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and that would make too much sense. Well, not, you're not supposed to ask questions or think. Yeah. Yep. You're just supposed to listen and do trust. what you're told. You're supposed to trust. So Dr. Joseph Mercola uh, published this in, um, in September of this year, September 12th, in fact. <clears throat> and uh, 
the title of this article is that COVID jab spike protein remains six months after the jab. So in vitro research published in 2022 found that the mRNA in Pfizer's COVID vaccine could integrate into cellular, human cellular DNA by reverse transcription. That's something that Dr. Dan and I were talking about two years ago mm-hmm. or, or longer. And Dan was saying, yeah, that is possible. Uh, and others were saying, like the big pharma people were saying, that's not possible. It can't get into your DNA. Uh, that's a conspiracy theory. Uh, guess what? Turns out like just about like everything else that we said about COVID, mm-hmm. the masks, the shots, the yep. jabs, the squirts. Uh, we were right. Yeah. Um, how long will your body produce? So, so just to recap, for those who don't remember, when you get one of those shots, if you get the real thing, uh, what it does is it's, 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 it's artificial messenger RNA that's designed to cause your protein factories, which are your cells, to produce the spike protein. It is not an attenuated version of the virus. It's not it, a vaccine. It, it's not a vaccine because nope. it's not weakened COVID. Nope. It's messenger RNA that tells your cells to produce gene therapy, the spike part mm-hmm. of COVID, the spike protein. <clears throat> That's the, the pokey thing that you see on the outside yep. of the golf ball that looks like a golf tee. That's the spike protein. The spike protein by itself is the most toxic part of COVID. It's what causes all the damage mm-hmm. in your body. It's what causes your body to be sick. So what you're taking, if you take one of these jabs, is you're taking in an instruction booklet to tell your cells to manufacture the toxic spike protein. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it causes your body to produce the spike protein. So, so now, uh, the, so the idea is that your immune system sees that and attacks it, but it doesn't quite work that way. In fact, it's looking more and more like it doesn't work that way at all. What it is starting to look like is your body produces the spike protein and it produces it and produces it and produces it. So the question is, how long will your body produce modified spike protein after the COVID jab? That's been the question people have been asking ever since the very Mm -hmm. beginning, right? Sure. We talked about that on this show. A paper published in the uh, 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 Proteomics Clinical Applications Journal in mid-August of 2023 tried to answer that question, and it's not. It's not great news. The answer is, for some people who took the jab, your body could be producing spike protein indefinitely. Indefinitely. Or until you die. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't do it indefinitely, because once you die, it's going to yeah. stop doing yeah. it. Right. <clears throat> the idea behind mRNA jabs was that modified RNA would trigger a temporary production of a spike protein similar to that of wild-type SARS-CoV-2 spike to induce antibodies. We were told that mRNA is fragile and doesn't last long. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to last long. Uh, which is true of natural RMA, uh, mRNA. Natural mRNA is fragile. Yeah. Outside the body, yeah, dis- it disintegrates uh, very quickly. Mm-hmm. The mRNA shots, however, have been modified to resist degradation. So it doesn't happen like that with the artificial mRNA that we're getting in the shots. 
And while the authorities admitted they didn't know exactly how long the mRNA would last, they insisted it certainly wouldn't linger for more than a few days at most. That's what they said. And they also said, Big Pharma said, we made it sticky. I remember that term. Yeah, yeah. So when they jab it into your arm, squirt it in there, it'll stay in the arm muscle. Mm-hmm. It'll produce the spike protein in the arm muscle. We, we knew right away that they were lying about that because within 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours after being injected, uh, we found spike protein being manufactured in all parts of your yeah. body. Yep. It, tra- it went everywhere. <clears throat> in fact, to this day, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website falsely maintains that, quote, the mRNA from the vaccines is broken down within a few days after vaccination and discarded by the body. That's a total lie. They told this lie a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. They're still telling the lie. And some people are still believing it. Chronic immune activation can be a very serious problem. So if you don't want your, you really don't want your body to be producing antibodies daily for months at a time, which is another thing that can happen as a result of this jab. So the uh, Proteomics Clinical Applications Journal in mid-2020, the, mid-August of 2020 of this year, said recombinant spike protein was detectable in half the blood samples of jabbed individuals for at least 69 days afterwards and up to 187 days, which is eight months after getting jabbed. And just to be clear, that doesn't mean that your body will stop producing if you've taken the jab or the booster or the second booster, third booster, fourth booster, 10th booster, 20th, but the, it doesn't mean that your body stops producing after you take that shot. What it means is that that was the length of their study. <laughs> yeah. That was the end. They didn't study it any longer than no, that. No, they didn't. Right. So technically, it could go on indefinitely. Here's what they did. To make sure that they were only measuring jab-related spike proteins and not spike protein from natural infection. So let's say you get jabbed and you just get COVID. So you can both have spike protein in your body, Right. So to make sure that they were only measuring jab-related spike proteins, scientists used mass spectrometry tests to detect a specific amino acid sequence, two prolines found only in the jab-induced spike. So they know that we're, only look, we're looking for this proline, these two prolines that only come from the jab. They don't come from natural infection. They also included two unjabbed groups to make doubly sure. And one of the... One of the one section of the unjabbed group were people who never had COVID, so they had no antibodies. And the other was the group that had had natural COVID, mm-hmm. but neither of the people in those two groups had ever had the jab. Okay. And so they had, they, if they had COVID but didn't have the jab, they had COVID antibodies, right? As expected, only those in the jab group had vaccine-derived spike protein. What a surprise. Only half of them had it, which is interesting considering Danish evidence is suggesting that one-third of Pfizer's shots were placebo. Huh. How about that? Yeah. Do you remember what <coughs> we talked about on this show two and a half years ago? I can't I said, remember two and a half days ago, I said, <laughs> I said, I believe... That they're not giving the same thing to everyone. I oh, think yeah. that, that a lot of those jabs are going to be just saline solution or last year's you know, flu shot or yep. something, but it's not going to be the COVID shot. Now it turns out in Denmark, they're finding out, yeah, looks like a third of the Pfizer ones were just 
a placebo. Which incidentally, <clears throat> if in the treatment of any type of a disease, a doctor gives you a placebo, which is a sugar pill or yep. a saline solution mm-hmm. in the case of an injection or something like that, if it's a fight, an actual disease that you have, that's illegal. Yeah. You can't give someone who you're treating a placebo as a treatment, even if you know, so for example, even if you know that this person doesn't have the disease that they claim to have. So you're a doctor and you go, no, I'm sorry. No, you don't have Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. We know you don't have it. Uh, We're not going to treat you for Lyme. You can say that, but you can't say, okay, we'll start you on this treatment of, uh, of high dose antibiotics and then really give them a sugar pill or saline solution. That's against the law. So who was short and who then? Was, was it the, the, um, the manufacturer of the gene therapy or was it the hospital switching it out? No, they, they looked at, this is specifically Pfizer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the okay. studies on Moderna, but they said that the Pfizer jab itself from the studies that were done in Denmark, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a Danish study, so I'm sure. assuming it's done in Denmark, um, uh, that it was the actual jab that they were okay. given to people was a placebo. But you can't do that. I know that because years ago I was talking with a doctor who was talking about treating patients and prescribing pills for things that he knew that they didn't have. And he said, it's really hard because when you've got a patient that's saying, I need this and you don't give it to him, mm-hmm. that can be trouble. I said, why don't you just give him a sugar pill? He said, that's illegal. Yeah. He said, you can't. He said the only way time you give someone a sugar pill is... If you're doing, uh, you know, you're testing out a new drug yeah. and you join a mm-hmm. trial mm-hmm. study. And so in the trial study, you can give people whatever you want, yep. Yep. right? Uh, but you can't do it in real life. It's like going to the firing line. If you've got 10 guys firing rifles at you, eight of them have bullets, two of them have blanks or whatever it is. Yeah, because right. that way, it's never, they don't know for sure but, if they're the one that did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, I was going to say... Um, the, he's a doctor in cardiology. Uh, he's on the Senate um, or something like that. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, doctor with blonde hair. He was there in the whole COVID thing. Like he was one of the doctors that was fighting against it. Yeah, um, that's uh, that would be Doctor um, McCullough. Yeah, McCullough. 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 Doctor, yeah. yeah. So he went on there, and, and you know, because he was talking about because he is actually a PhD in cardiology. Yes. And he was talking about you know the myocarditis cases, and then he was talking about the uh, people fainting and right. stuff because of it. And he said, you know, it is provable. Well, not so much as provable, but he's like, all of this stuff, you can see this huge spike since the COVID shot. And so he said that is obviously a result of this vaccine until you can prove otherwise. I thought that that was a, a really good statement because he said, I mean, if you, until you can explain any other way that this is happening, this yeah. spike, until you can explain it, it's from the vaccine. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that's, that's right. And he, Peter McCullough, by the way, um, has said this uh, in, in, an, in an article in August 26th. Um, <clears throat> it was a podcast, excuse me. August 26th, America Out Loud podcast. Here's a quote from, from, from Dr. Peter McCullough. The spike protein is responsible for the pathogenicity of the SARS-CoV-2 infection and drives the development of adverse events, injuries, disabilities, and death after vaccination through immunologic and thrombotic mechanisms. The long-lasting spike protein has been found in the brain, heart, liver, 
kidneys, ovaries, testicles, and other vital organs at autopsy, uh, at autopsy in cases of death after vaccination. In the case of vaccine-induced thrombotic injury, the spike protein has, found, has been found within the blood clot itself. Thus, there's a strong rationale for considering the residual SARS-CoV-2 spike protein as a treatment target in post-COVID-19 vaccine injury syndromes. Um, it, he goes on to say, while specific syndromes, cardiovascular, neurological, endocrine, thrombotic, immunological, will require additional therapies, we promise we propose the clinical rationale for, the, for a base detox, detoxification re, uh, regimen of oral natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin for patients with post-acute sequelae from SARS-CoV-2 infection and COVID-19 vaccination. Empiric regimen, anyway, he goes on. Uh, Empiric regimen uh, can be continued for three to 12 months or more and be uh, something, and I don't have the rest of that page because I, I thought I grabbed all the pages, but I didn't. Yeah, he's been Dr. Joseph Mercola, uh, jo- excuse me, Joseph, Dr. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Peter McCullough, and um, um, uh, what's his name? John, um, um, the other guy. Roberts. There have been some, what, what's his name? Roberts. Okay. Oh, no. John Roberts, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there have been some leading, highly respected doctors who have been trying to get the word out since the since the beginning, especially oh, yeah. since the beginning of the adverse events mm-hmm. uh, with the jab, and people are you know, and they're shut down. Now we mentioned you mentioned, or maybe Paul, it was you who mentioned uh, uh, Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. Was that you? Yep. yep. Russell Brand has his own podcast, right? Pretty popular one too. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, super popular. It, I, I think it may be almost as popular as uh, as uh, the Great Reset. On getting GPS. there, uh, <laughs> getting there. He had he had Robert Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. on his show, and he asked him a question about COVID. And Robert Kennedy Jr. is he's he's a Democrat. Uh, he's a Kennedy Democrat. Yeah. Um, I definitely do not see eye to eye on him when it comes to things like abortion because he believes that abortion should be legal for the first mm-hmm. 13 months. I, I'm, I'm totally opposed to that. And he, 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 he says he's Catholic, so I don't know how we can even take that position. But anyway, I, I disagree with him on that. Um, he's pro-union, you know, yeah. the big union yeah. guy, and I'm a t- totally opposed to him on that as well because I think some unions are good and, mm-hmm. and even maybe necessary. Uh, a lot of unions are... Too powerful, yeah, and and power corrupts, as we know. And when there's any organization that has great power, that tends to attract teachers, corrupt union. Indivi- <laughs> yeah, corrupt individuals, and even even organized crime. And that's been known for for decades. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. And so anyway, but RFK Jr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. went on the Russell Brand podcast. And began to talk about, <clears throat> from his research, and he's an attorney, he knows how to get to the facts. He said things about COVID-19 and the whole pandemic that we didn't even say. I mean, it, the stuff that RFK says on the Brand Podcast makes the statements that we made about COVID look mild. Really? By comparison. He really does. Yeah, for example, he claims, and I, I, I'm confident that he 
absolutely would not say this or even suggest it unless he had seen the documentation for himself with his own eyes. He said that the, the shots produced or branded by Pfizer and Moderna were not produced by Pfizer and Moderna. He said that they were produced uh, by a military organization, that the whole thing was a military operation, and that Pfizer and Moderna just stuck their brand mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. because it's a bioweapon, and it was used as a bioweapon. In fact, he says, why is it that the, uh, the CIA and the NSA were in charge of the whole operation because apparently they were. Yeah. They were behind the shutdowns. They were behind censoring uh, truth about COVID-19, the truths that we were trying to get out. He said, what, what does the NSA, what does the National Security Agency have to do with rolling out vaccines or distributing them or, or procedures? He points out that every single health organization in the country, and I think even worldwide, when it comes to a pandemic response, because they write all this stuff down. They, their, their goal is to be prepared, to know in advance what's going to happen. Right? Sure. So if this happens, we've got to decide how we're going to handle it. What are we going to do? What are we not going to do? And, and uh, Mr. Kennedy says that, um, that the NIH, the CDC, all these health organizations, the WHO, all have it. It's written down. He said it's in their documentation. That in the case of a pandemic, we will not do lockdowns, we will not shut down businesses, we will not close schools, because that only provides a, 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 a booster for, the, for the, the disease. It actually causes it to spread more quickly, it actually causes people to get sicker, it demoralizes people, it does nothing but harm. So all of, all of the preparedness protocols and plans that were already in place when COVID-19 hit said no lockdowns, no shutdowns, no closures. We're not going to do that. And what did we do? In other words, they all went against their own protocols. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? And they did it around the world. You know, and so Russell Brand too, I mean, you know, he's got, got these allegations against him for sexual harassment from 13 years ago when he was a, you know, big, TV star, movie star, you know, yeah. and he was doing drugs and everything. But, you know, it's all, it, it, and he points it out. I mean, he's, it's like he's getting targeted because these aren't even proven yet. I mean, he, it's not like it's even gone to court or anything, but he's got the UK parliament and everything call, like calling up YouTube, calling up Rumble, telling them to demonetize him, shut down his platform, yeah. not let him speak. And he's one of the people that's out there saying, why isn't the news covering like Julian Assange, you know, real reporting mm-hmm, and things right. like that? Oh, well, I think he struck a nerve. And they just, I mean, they so can just he, make this up and say, we're taking you down. So he's getting Kavanaugh. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's it. That's the, uh, yeah. Kavanaugh, the guys that mm-hmm. are saying things that you don't like. And well, um, and a lot of people don't realize this too, because even Russell Brand, I mean, he, I think he even wrote a book about how like promiscuous and stuff he was back then. But he actually donates a lo- large sump of money to like women's centers that are uh, that have been through abuse and all kinds of stuff. Like he donates all kinds of money to those type of uh, programs, right. you know. So, but they're not saying that. So the right. So the way that you silence people, and the, and and you can you can kill two birds or ten birds with one stone, is you find the person that's saying what you don't like, what you don't want to get out, and you go after him. And then everybody else who thought about saying those things 
they shut up. Yep. Right. Yep. And good so, on Rumble for telling them to pound sand. Yeah, right. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that goes to what we're doing right here. We're telling the truth. I, as I've said before many times, I, I, I really tip my hat to GFBS for allowing me to, for this show to continue. To, to, to continue to tell the truth. We've told the truth from the very beginning. Sure have. Uh, in fact, every, every, every day, every Tuesday when I leave, the last thing my wife says to me as I'm heading out the door is, give them the truth. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, we're not nut jobs anymore, uh, at least. <laughs> um, we didn't get to anything you wanted to talk no, about. No, we didn't. <laughs> well. <laughs> be the war, the war on men, part six next week. <laughs> Why? What, what, what else were we supposed to talk about? Oh well, we had an men. agenda that we just never well, really got to. Right. I mean, it's kind of the, it's it's a bigger picture issue mm-hmm. in in the demasculinization of America. I mean, what made America great was strong men, mm-hmm. strong men who 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 feared God, who understood morality, who had a sense of basic. Uh, not just basic decency, but at a, at a higher level. Um, if, if you just think about it, think about just being polite. Just think about that. Just being polite to people. Uh, someone's got their blinker on. They're a little too close to you. And so what do you do? The polite thing is just take your foot off the gas, give them a little yep. bit more space and let them, let them pull in. How many times do you see that anymore? Yeah. And, and so what happens is other people start acting rude and start doing things rudely, and you get your hackles up, and you start acting the same way. Yep. That can only go one direction, and that's down. That can only get worse and worse and worse and yep. worse. But when you start showing respect to people who maybe don't even deserve it, and you start acting in an honorable way, other people see that. Right. And they pick up on that, mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, I really respect that guy." He's- you know, I don't, I don't do it anymore. I mean, you, you do it uh, like every day, but I've always uh, thought, you know, back in, I guess it would be what the fifties or something. But you know, everybody's wearing suits, and so I think you know, somebody getting dressed in the morning and putting on a suit is kind of like a, a form of discipline to where you respect yourself and you, you know, show respect to everybody in the, like the community by not looking like a slob and everything. Yes, and that's completely gone away. And what I think is really funny about it is you can see that just by looking at Fetterman. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, yeah. I, I mean, you, you want, I, you know, I think if everybody still had that mentality of like, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to look as clean cut as I can. I'm going right. to shave. I'm going to put on a nice shirt. I'm going to have it pressed. You know, everything and everybody out in the community is like that. You don't have just a bunch of slobs everywhere just showing up for job interviews and sweatpants and wondering why they, you know... Didn't get the job. Yeah. No, Jeez, you know, now I know what he's talking about with me. Paul, you're... <laughs> <laughs> well, no. then again, I was also a construction worker for many years, and, and well, you've got to dress the part. You dress the part. Absolutely. As they said, yeah. that's exactly yeah. it. And so and, you... And shower. That's a good and, thing, too. And, so. and Paul, you're exactly, you're exactly right. In fact, if Dr. Jean Gullix was here, she could probably cite studies that talk about... The, the, it, mm-hmm. it literally has... Oh, it's psychological it's, impact. It's like that um, that uh, Navy SEAL that talks about making your bed in the morning. Yes. You know, he's like, because even though, you know, it's the discipline of making your bed in the morning, yep. but at the end of the day, no matter how crappy your day went, you know that you have you a made bed. You come home to a made bed. You, you come home to a made bed. this page out of my wife's book. She right. actually so. texted me this morning saying, thanks for making the bed. Yeah. I'm just like, That's why great. make it? I'm just going to jump in it again tonight anyway. But That's, anyway. Yeah, but no, but there is, there's a good reason for that. And there, there are reasons, you know, we tend to think that we're so much smarter than, than our 
than our forebears, the, the people that came mm. before us. But we're really not. No. They learned that those things mattered over, over time, over decades and millennia. And that's why they did them. And we now think, oh, we don't need that. You know, just to your point, Paul, um, years ago, about 10, 20 years, 20 years ago, uh, <clears throat> there was a relaxation of dress codes in industry. In the, you know, office, uh, the, the high rises, the, the, the ivory towers, where they said, you know, yeah, you can come to, sh- yeah, just forget the suit and tie, you can drop that, leave that home. Just come wearing a nice pair of jeans and a, a polo shirt. And a bunch of people did that. And you know what they found? And this is proven. I mean, it wasn't someone's idea. It wasn't an opinion. It was proven. Productivity dropped. I mean, and it dropped across the board. Not every single person. But there was a trend in loss of productivity. Because when people show up and they're just feeling casual, it affects how they think and it affects how they work. So a lot of the companies said, hey, sorry, you got to wear at least a tie. You got to at least have a button-down shirt and a tie. If you wear a jacket. And when they did that, guess what happened to productivity? It went up. It went up. And, and okay, I'm not jumping on your guys' boat here yet. But I've also heard now, like church, for example. It was always yeah. put your Sunday best on to go to church. Correct. Um, but now there are people thinking, why? Do you want everybody's attention on you? Why are you in this building? What are you here for? Not for me to stare at you wearing your Sunday best. We're here for a reason. And so you can look at it that way. And you know too. what, John? I mean, you know, and people did look at it that way. And that's, that's an idea. Mm-hmm. But about 30 years ago, it, the, the dress codes in church began to relax as well. Right, that's what, yeah. About 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the trends, and in fact, I had the, the, I had the, the graphs here uh, a few months ago. Uh, Pew Research has shown that church attendance in the United States is falling like a rock. Yeah. And it's been falling mm-hmm. since about 30 years ago yeah, or, I don't... or even more. There's a direct correlation. There's something else that's going on as well. <clears throat> and I've noticed this in, in multiple churches that I've been in. It used to be that the, that the okay, in, a, in, a, in a, an evangelical church, I'm not talking Catholic churches because they, I'd, I've never seen this in a Catholic church. I've been in multiple Catholic mm-hmm. churches. I've never seen it there. But in evangelical churches, uh, pastors used to wear either pastoral robes or they wore a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true anymore. Most, many, many, if not most, evangelical churches or mainline Protestant churches, um, you know, have a pastor show up wearing, uh, you know, a Hawaiian sure. shirt, the jeans. Now it's even going to shorts and sandals. And here's the problem with that. And I say, well, why do you do that? I've asked pastors, why do you do that? How can we dress so casual now? Because we don't want anybody coming into our church. We don't want some unbeliever to come in and there maybe they're poor, maybe they're homeless and, and, and see me up there all dressed up and, and think that I think I'm better than they are. What makes you think they would think that? Yeah. <laughs> because you know what? They wouldn't think that. If somebody does think that way, they're going to think a lot of other things are going to be a much bigger problem than just how you're dressed. So I asked this question. If dressing up to show respect for the people, well, respect for the office that you're holding, if you're a pastor, that means you're teaching. That means you want to show respect for God's word and you want to show respect for God. You don't dress up so that you look good. You dress up so that God looks good, right? 
because you're representing him. Mm. Do you want to represent him looking like a tramp, looking like a guy that just got off the, the plane after his vacation in Hawaii? I don't think so. I think that that's wrong. But secondly, there's an old saying that if you're a public speaker, if you're going to address a group of people, you always dress one level higher than the audience that you're addressing out of respect for them, out of respect for the audience. So you mentioned doing construction at one point, right? So if you're a construction worker and you're in the construction workers union and we get you guys together and I'm going to go and address you um, as construction workers, maybe I don't want to dress like this, but boy, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put on a a good work shirt and maybe roll up my sleeves and it's not going to be ripped or torn or tattered. Mm. I'm going to put a nice Carhartt jacket so that I'm still looking like someone that you can relate to as a construction worker, but I'm going to be dressed in a way that shows that I have respect well, for you. I, see, I, I, think, I think all your studies are 30 years old myself. Um, I, 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 again, I don't care what you dress like to go worship God. It doesn't matter to me how you do it, what you dress like. It does matter what you do for a living, um, how you dress. I, I mean, but I don't know. Well, I, so what I was going to say is, I mean, you guys are talking about, you know, like going to church or going to work and everything, but I'm thinking more along the lines of you get up in the morning, you do it for yourself, but now you also have kids too. So whether it's a suit or it's work boots, right. you know, that kid sees you and you That's get right. up there and, you know, you, you pop your collar or you, you tighten your steel boot, your, your steel toes and you show your kid, like, I'm getting ready to go out to, and, to work. and work and, and, right. and, and be, uh, you know, a good figure in society. And speaking of uh, really good work boots and boots in general, I know a place that you could probably find them. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. And uh, thank you guys for coming in. Uh, Churchill Shoes, our big sponsor today. Okay, it looks like I'm going to do this one live. Churchill Shoes has moved. They're right here in the Grand Cities Mall. Largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest. Now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will absolutely love. And at Churchill Shoes, you know they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offers free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery too. You know what? Uh, Churchill Shoes, they have operated in Grand Forks for 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff. They can cater to all of your footwear needs. They're open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. You know what? Next time you're in need of footwear, give them a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. And again, thank you to David Waterman for coming in today. I'm going to go home. Call for just a second. What? Just one second. Okay. Just one second. I just want to leave you with this. If what I said and if the the point that Paul is making is wrong, why is it that every time a school has suddenly instituted a dress code, especially uniforms, the grades go up and the behavior goes up? That, I'll leave it with that. I'll That's, think about okay. that when I go home and put my dress Crocs on, all right? Hey, have a great remainder of your day, everybody. Tomorrow at 11, we talk to a good friend of mine, Sally Groskabauer, about Valley Senior Living's Oktoberfest. It's going to be a show you're going to want to watch to uh, see if you can find out more about this great event. Maybe you'll be able to go check it out, all right? Everybody, remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. You know, Grand Cities are awesome. They got the thing called the notification bell, too. Hit it. Your phone will ding every time we're on the air. Grand City's awesome place, Grand Fork's best source, giving it an identity again.